Welcome to the Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous. This podcast is about play, bringing playful learning back into our lives. Together, we are finding joy in the journey, and I am so excited to have John Meehan back on Well Played. Uh, always great to have you, John. And everybody, we are talking about, and I think I have the perfect guest for this, we're talking about finding that jolt, that jolt of energy that kind of like reinvigorates you whether that's for your job, for your career, for life, for whatever, just bring it, bringing that energy back into our lives. Uh, so, John, for everyone that is catching you or catching well played for the first time, please introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is John Meehan. I'm a high school instructional coach here in Arlington, Virginia. I work at Bishop O'Connell High School. Go Knights! Um, I uh, run teacher PDs, faculty trainings, all that stuff. Um, I. I I joke that I'm like a personal trainer for teachers, uh, working one-on-one <laughs> with teachers, setting individual goals and, and working through their stuff. Um, and then I, I have two sections of American literature. I teach in an uh, 11th grade class as well, which is fully gamified uh, since January of last year. Uh, and I, I just, I geek out for this stuff. I tell the kids, I, I jokingly say, I have no life and no friends. All I do is <laughs> teaching at a very high level. Um, so I'm super pumped to be here. And thank you for having me on. Uh, I loved our last episode. I thought it was super awesome. And I... I actually referenced that Zelda episode a bunch. Uh, I think it was a great one. Everybody should check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode if you want. Uh, all right, so getting reinvigorated. Here we are. This episode's airing here at the sort of end of July. And for me, I, I will just admit, I've been teaching 15-ish years. I don't know. And for me, August 1, here in Wisconsin, we go back technically like end of August. But August 1 for me has always been the date I give myself. That like, I'm, I'm going to start going to school, changing the, the boards, cleaning this or rearranging that, looking at my curriculum. August 1 has been my like soft start all the time for my own self. Uh, and there's always been this like fun energy, Right. Cause it's like, we're, I don't know. I love my job. I love what I do. I love that chance to like hone a craft. And August is always like, when I look back and think about what I've done, what I want to change, where I want to go, where I want to grow. And it's reinvigorating for me. Um, when, like for you, when, when do you sort of do your soft start? Does that reinvigorate you? Do you feel that same way? So, uh, my favorite football team, and I'm going to lose half our listenership right here is, uh, <laughs> don't go away. Don't <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, you can edit in your team here instead. Um, but I'm a big believer in the new England Patriots, uh, which is going to get me some heat. That's fine. Um, but I love that Bill Belichick, when he won the Super Bowl two years ago, um, they interviewed him saying, you know, coach, you got to feel good about how you're feeling about the, the year, you know, you, you made it to the top of the mountain. And he says in typical Belichick fashion, we're four weeks behind every other team or get ready for next season. Like he's already thinking about next year as he's finishing that year. Yep. Like, the energy is high. He feels good for like the length of time it takes him to wash the Gatorade off of his head, but it's right back at it with how oh, we can do so much better. Um, and I, and I get very invigorated. My boss actually he jokes uh, he, he, as a principal, he says, John, I, I'm sending you anywhere else in this country or off of this continent. And I don't want you to answer your phone for two, three weeks. Like don't think about work. So spend some time just enjoying life, spending your summer with your people, <laughs> with your family getting your, your energy filled back up. So like you, you have this, this palpable like energy yep. and you come back in and you're just ready to erupt. Um, I, it, it's really important for teachers to, to recognize that it's not selfish to take some of that summertime and like 
just put school as like a close second place because yeah, you have a lot of ideas, but um, to take some early time in the summer and just be like, look, I got to breathe on this um, and then distill it through the course of the weeks that come kind of move through. Yeah. I, one of the motivational speakers I listened to that I really like, he, he often talks about how like he used to think it was selfish to, to sort of take care of himself. And he always thought like we should serve and take care of each other. And sort of over time, he's come to learn that like actually sort of one of the best ways to take care of somebody else is to first take care of yourself. Like if we all sort of made sure we were self-care enough, yep. the world would be a sort of better place. Well, and like, you know, it's, it's what um, I like to call healthy selfishness, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to put you first, um, uh, you know, make time for yourself a little bit. And I know that sounds like trite and maybe we could, we could be a little bit more specific about it, but so much of teaching is you have to be available for everybody else and to everybody else and for everybody else. Um, if you take some time in the car and you just say, look, I want to conk out to eighties music and you just need that. Um, there's, there's, there's something really valuable to being able to say, I'm the better version of the teacher of herself when I have my, my, my stuff together for me. Um, what and, I and really, whatever that looks like. Yeah. What I love about this part of the conversation is, um, well, so here on well played, like we don't script this stuff out, everybody. And, and I didn't know where we were necessarily going to go, but I love that naturally for the first segment of the jolt sort of episode, it wasn't about, you know, doing a hundred pushups and getting fired up and having some like rah, rah, rah moment. It was about taking care of you, take care Dude, of you so that you're ready to like be that awesome person. But like the first step is take care of you. Like they say on the airplane, you know, if, if we have turbulence, you got to yeah. put, put the mask put on the yourself mask on. before you worry about anybody else. And I was, you know, for the longest time as a, as a kid, I was like, that's really selfish. Like, you know, help your fellow man. Right. But if you're, everybody's passing out as they're trying to help everybody else. And that's it. I mean, teachers push themselves past that. Point. And that's where that exhaustion, that burnout, comes in. because I don't, I mean, I, you know, I have many friends who are teachers, many friends who are non-teachers. I don't hear the same level of conversation about burnout in other fields like I hear in teaching. And it is because you constantly have to be on, you know, you got, 20, 30, 40 kids in a classroom at a time who need you. You have 100 faculty members who are dependent on you or counting on you. If you're a coach, if you're like a, a mentor, you have all these bodies who are looking to you for answers. And you're like, ah, man, when do I have time for me? Um, and that's so critically important to making time. Before you get into like, okay, now we can rock and roll it. Like, take a breath. Put the oxygen mask on first. Like health, mindfulness, wealth, wellness, like your own self that has nothing to do with the teaching version of you will make you the better version of yourself as a classroom teacher. I had a friend, a little bit of a tangent here, I apologize. I had a friend who sold things for like the largest like electronics distributor, like an online distributor. And their company, uh, when you had, but once you reached, I want to say it was like 20-ish clients, the company policy was they would hire you a secretary so that you could be more efficient with those 20 clients, right? Like the, they'll make sure that you always send the orders right, blah, 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 do that, right? So 20 clients landed you like somebody to help you with that. And then when I think, you know, middle school teacher, high school teacher has, you know, 150 mm -hmm. clients and then those clients all come with two parents. So like yep. really like points of contact, you got like... 450 points of contact on you. Oh, it's so true. And, and we and, don't, and we, we don't get a personal secretary. <laughs> and like I joke at the high school level, um, talk about elective classes. Like for me during the school year, elective classes are use the bathroom, eat lunch, make a phone call or get photocopies. You can't do more than one. Cause those electives are only offered during that one. Period. Yep. So you really have to be like 
you know, all in from the moment you walk in the door. And that's tough because that's eight or nine months of all in. That's no sick days. That's no days off. That's weekends when you're grading and planning. Like that book doesn't write itself. That teaching doesn't happen without you being you. And so uh, it, it is a lot. Man. It, is, it is necessary to hit that hard reset before you go all in. Yeah. So that my friend was just sort of blown away, you know, when he like heard kind of the, the backdoor story of a teacher and he was like, wow, let me tell you, my company, like at 20 ish clients, you get, you get made so that you can be more efficient with those. And, um, you know, so I always, I always just sort of remember that, that like, I, I gotta be okay with, I'm doing the best I can. I keep my students at the forefront. My next sort of like level after that, to be honest, is me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's like other things go beyond those, right? But it's first like sort of student and then like me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But now let's move past that. So let's say sure. you've taken care of yourself like this jolt. This this where where do you get some jolts? Maybe let's start there. So I'm gonna have gotten jolts. Yeah, let's let's work backwards at it because I think the answer obviously is teaching stuff, but I want to walk walk outside of that for a second, work my way in. Um one of the things that I love is um, if I get home early enough and the traffic isn't so bad, um, I'll stop at like a Walmart or a Target and just walk through the toy and game aisle, get a bunch of different ideas from all the stuff that's there. Uh, it's the craziest, stupidest thing, but it's like, oh, that's cool. I wonder how that would be in a classroom. Like, let me just play with it. Let me see how it works. Let me feel it in my hand. And that is so non-academic. You get this like natural high. You're like, that's the thing I want to see happen in my classroom. You know, I got a bunch of ideas that helps me kind of get creatively unstuck. Like play with Legos for 10 minutes and you're starting to see things in different ways. And I know it's like maybe a weird thing. And I, when Toys R Us was going out of business, I, I was probably in there three, four times a week. And <laughs> I had to apologize to the clerk. Like, I'm not a creep, I promise. I just, I'm here to like get ideas. Um, but like everything that is designed for getting kids excited about learning, like they're learning different stuffs. Like you want to be able to take those same strategies and make those happen in your classroom. Whether that's board games, whether that's toys, whether that's sports, lawn games, um, it's, it's a fun, easy way to tap into people who are spending billions of dollars as industries and say, well, hang on, I can do that. I can do that with pen and the paper. Um, yep. Just paper clips, rubber, rubber bands. No, I mean, I like this idea, and I think, not to like toot our own horns here, but I think you and I are sort of cut from that same cloth where innovators, what they often do is, it's, it's really about cross-pollination. It's about like finding something in a different industry and seeing how it applies to your industry, uh, making a twist, making a change. So it might even be something truly new, but that new was born out of something old, but something over there. And yeah. I, you talk about too, you talk about reality TV shows, um, how they have the chance to inspire a class. We talk about chopped yeah. like, uh, master chef challenges and things like that. Um, I was on another podcast. I apologize for mentioning another podcast on this podcast, but I, I was no. on another podcast. That's <laughs> good. Back. Right. Like that uh, means you're doing more professional development. Other people are. That's awesome. I, I'm talking to people who geek out about this stuff and it's great to geek out with geeks, right? Um, but uh, we were talking about, you know, what's an easy way into gamification? I said, it's summertime. If you have the CBS app, like the all access app for $9 a month, watch it, a season of Survivor, pick it at random and just watch how that game is played because it's this, it's a combination of strategy and skill and luck and like physical challenges. And you start to get really geeked out about the fact that like there's some really good pedagogy because the host is also a producer and like, I'm sure they're reading how the conversation is playing out. So they throw the twists in just when the game needs those twists to keep it fresh and exciting. Um, and that has nothing to do with teaching at all. But like your teacher brain's like, oh, that could be cool. And that's not 
because you have kids jumping into puddles of mud in your classroom or climbing under barbed wire. <laughs> it's it's that idea of that sense of adventure and that sense of exploration to tap into it, um, whatever your TV show is. Yeah, no, I mean, I think sort of backwards, sort of uh, reverse engineering things is a smart way to do things. So if you watch Survivor and then you sort of like decom- decompose it a little bit in reverse, you start to see, oh, like, yeah, after three episodes and we were kind of sick of the like standard format of like do a challenge, get a bonus, next thing, vote somebody off, do a challenge, right. vote, you know, and it's like, oh, third episode, they threw a twist. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, they'll make a tribe shake up or they'll do a thing where like, if you win this challenge, you get to pick you and one friend to go to a like tropical resort and like have, have a great lunch. But then there's this social gameplay. If I bring the wrong person, maybe I'm going to get everybody vote against. And it's like, oh, that's cool because it's meaningful choices in a thing that has nothing to do with academics. And now you're thinking as a teacher, like, oh man, how can I make those same things? So to ask you the same question, is there a show or a, a, a intellectual property that you find yourself going back to that well and saying, I borrow against that one a lot, or I see a lot of that in my own instruction? Or my uh, probably one of my favorites is, it's it's twofold because it's my other passion, which is cooking. Yeah. I love all the cooking challenges I think are great to like monkey with, but probably my all-time favorite is Master Chef. They have so many things to do with grouping people. Yes. And I think as teachers, we always are coming up with different groups, different ways. And so like anytime they're about to do a challenge, it's like I, I like lean in and I'm like, what are they doing? Oh, oh my gosh. They just had like the two captains pick their teams and then they swapped teams. Like, Isn't that great? Like, oh, I could do that. Uh, they did a, one of my favorites that I use in my classroom that I just think is so awesome is uh, it's like a team challenge. Well, not a team challenge. It's like a partner challenge, a group challenge, right? You're paired up with somebody and they're doing, in this case, obviously cooking something, right? And something very difficult, lots of steps. And they they have 30 minutes to do it or whatever. But they trade off in like two-minute increments. Yep. And so then you have to constantly be talking to the person that's off to the side so that when you pass the torch, they're not sitting here wasting a minute and a half to figure out what you're doing. You have to right. constantly be telling them like, so I just right. put this this in and you better like make sure when you get in, make sure you instantly like stir the pot. Like that's the, awesome, man. The, the amount that's of communication awesome. and I just love it. And like I said, also it's my other passion. But for me, that's like a huge, huge well of ideas. Specifically well, grouping because teachers do groups all the time. Well, and the thing is too about grouping, like it's so innocuous. It's such a nothing thing, like a number off by fours. Everyone does that in every class every week. Like, yep. okay, guys, got to count off, you know, groups of three, groups of four. Like just adding a little bit of dynamism to that. Like I said, I went to uh, Toys R Us when it was going out of business. May it rest in peace. Um, and wah, wah, wah. <laughs> if you could put a, yeah, really sad sound effect <laughs> in here, right? Uh, a moment of silence on the podcast for, for my childhood. Um but uh, they have like these off-brand Legos of, of Pokemon. And so what was cool about them is not that you can make your own Pokemon, which is fine. But they come in these little plastic like eggshells, the Pokeballs. And so for like pennies on a dollar, you could pick up a whole <laughs> class of these Pokeballs. Um, suddenly I have all this idea of like it looks like just they all look the same. But you reach in and there's something in the grab bag, something in the box. And I think about it as a kid going to play the claw machines, going to play the little Yeah, crane the little crane. Machine. Like it's like there's something that's – Lego does this too with the um, they do like the mystery bags you buy now a minifigure in like a, a sealed package you can't see what figure you're buying but no, there's that... this sense of the unknown like this like 
it's how like, much cooler is my groups now when it's like, okay, guys, reach for a, bo- a ball in the box. Who knows what's inside of it? Like, if you have the same Pikachu as somebody else, I'm like, they're so in. And like, I haven't even done anything yet. It's just yep. different ways to, 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 to let those little mini jolts kind of fire those, those classes up and the type of things that are just part of everyday class. I mean, it's, 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 there's nothing content specific about that. That's just, that's just getting people excited. No, I think like a tip I would give everyone building on what John just said, like when it's time and these are for sale for like pennies on the dollar, buy those Easter egg, plastic Easter eggs. Yep. And like, just do what John's saying, put different things in them. And then if you have a gamified class, like put some bonuses in, maybe somebody gets the Pokemon. So I'm paired up with the other Pokemon, but this one also has one of the items in my game. That's so sick. Right? I'm like, stealing that. I, I, I'm stealing that officially. Like, <laughs> just let, let, when it happens in my class, guys, I stole it from Michael. This so, moment is brought to you by Michael Matera. <laughs> but like, you know, things like uh, hitting up the uh, Walmart or Target after like Valentine's Day or yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, July or Halloween. Like, these are all jolt moments. All and, your, and what it, you're describing, they're jolt moments. And they're in because here's the thing: like, next year's kid doesn't know that this is last year's jack o' lantern stick. They're super excited that you have a jack o' lantern sticker in it all, and um, like I don't like to be a hoarder where I have a whole bunch of stuffs. But stickers, you can put them all in a drawer together, and it takes up like no space. Mm-hmm. And these little items, these little ways to sort of have like a surprise. This is a way to mix it up today. Like, what kid isn't that much more in tune with like the energy of a classroom? Because it feels like, hey, I didn't expect this today. Cool. Now we're we're picking classes based on what who has a pumpkin, who has the witch, and who has the black hat. Like, what well, I love about that easy. too is like now we're like. Ah, man, this is just such a good topic because, right, we started talking about like taking care of ourselves so that we can be ready. We talked about things that jolt us and excite us, but now we're almost transitioning into like jolt moments for students, like these little things that can also like re sort of bring them back into the fold. It's a, it's a, it's an, it's a metaphorical, like extending a hand out and saying, come, come back in and like, enjoy my content, enjoy my class. Take a chance here. And it's it's these little things like, sweet, I'm paired up with the other Pokemon guy. That's like two seconds of my time, two seconds of their time. But it's it's different. It's just it produces that relationship. These jolt moments are awesome. They're powerful. I was – so because I'm a teacher nerd and I'm going to talk about the teaching piece of it too, like you know, summer is a great time for PD for sure. Um, we could we could put in a, a pitch for the Hype Summit, which is going to be amazing. Um, Michael, Michael's putting in a ton of work in that. Like off air, we talked at length about just the amount of work this guy puts in. He's like, he's a rock star beyond what you hear on the, the airwaves and on, on Twitter. So, like, that's just one example of some awesome, awesome stuff. Um, there's great PD. There's great book snaps. You know, there's conversations about you know book studies and things like that, or people who are just taking time and enjoying some leisure reading that leads them back to a love of their their literature or a love of their content. And that that's all. That's all excellent too. Um, but I I was took I take part in um actually uh. A, book study group um from the diocese up about 40 minutes north of where i teach and they're studying teach like a pirate so it's been a few years since i read it so i was like ah, let me go back and do it and they asked me to come in i hope as a minor spoiler they're not listening right now because they asked me to, to plan an escape room so i have to design an escape room based on our cohort um which is cool i'm all in for it so hopefully no one listens to this episode before we go live uh, <laughs> i said about two weeks so i'm gonna lay low on it and then we'll see um, if so then you got a minor surprise but um the in the design of it we're also like talking about what we're learning in the book. And someone said, as they do, like uh, talk about Dave's hooks, um, one of the hooks that they did in their class to get kids excited, this is a mini jolt moment for kids. They have flashlight Fridays 
where they have the kids turn the cell phone flashlights on. They turn all the lights off in a class and they have to read books by flashlight, like looking for little clues, just using their little like, oh, my gosh, like I'm totally taking that. Yeah. Because who wouldn't like, hey, guys, we have to find five examples of figurative language on this page or, you know, 17 major dates in this, you know, historical timeline. But we have to do it. Lights out, windows closed, curtains drawn. We have to do it in the dark. You guys are exploring this dark part of the island. Like, oh, oh, that is that is such a win on a day that otherwise would have been kind of a clunker of a, of a like, you know, a grind kind of day. Um, I am stealing that one. Yeah, buddy. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I stole uh, it. So. I have a reading class, like a outside reading book. We call it Orb, period. It's sort of twice a week, 30 minutes. That's just a fun way to spice that up when they're just oh my gosh. they're just used to just sort of like sitting and reading sitting and reading some love it some are kind of like eh. that'll sort of spice it up love yeah buddy it. do you have a go-to trick that you pull off uh with regular consistency like it's just consistently inconsistent enough that keeps them guessing um as like a, a jolt moment for your kids or for your classes so that's pretty much how I live my entire life in my school, <laughs> in my class. Like I, I yeah. sort of like to have it always sort of half tilt, right? Like it's, it's a constant, didn't have my V8 sort of moment. Um, and I don't know. I think for what it's worth, a lot of teachers put the whole schedule up and there's, there's, there's a philosophy and belief behind that. So kids that, have that sort of anxiety can know that like okay we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do that and then we're gonna do this and then class will be over um i sort of run the exact opposite i feel like i want everything to sort of be a surprise uh even if it's not even surprise worthy like right i still want that and i i personally i I don't know maybe there's research maybe there isn't uh but I, i think there's an argument to be made that that is equally as good um and if you're intentional with it, like I'm not doing it out of laziness, yeah. like I have a plan right. and I think it's good that I can be in control of that plan. I think it'd be good that if a plan needs to change, I can change it without those kids with anxiety worrying about the change. Yeah. Like I can just naturally make it like happen. Um, and I think it just produces better results. And, and then kids are, I don't know, Maybe anticipating some jolt moments, but that's kind of fun. They don't know when it's going to happen. They know that I'm willing to have those jolt moments. So, you know, I think about, uh, so I, I used to teach a film studies class. So a personal story in a film studies class. Like I, a personal story at the end of the year last year, I did student surveys always. I live and die by like, and I do regular surveys about how we do and what can we do better? What can you do better? What can I do better? And one of the students said is like in a positive way, like their favorite thing about the class was they said to next year's student as advice, don't try to uh, guess what's coming next. He's making it up as he goes. Like that's that's awesome. Like that, I will put that on my tombstone, man. Like it's not that I'm not planning. Quite on the contrary. Like here it is in July. We're recording a podcast about plans I have had for my October lesson plan. Like no, no, no. That's all in the pipeline. But it has this appearance of being uh, haphazard or or this appearance of being like uh, spontaneous. It's not. It's actually like a good improv troupe. Like you've run your routine so many times that you have all these tools at the ready. Like hang on, there's a different way to tackle this. And I think that that's really helpful. Um, but to the film example, uh, Alfred Hitchcock talked a lot, I used to teach film class, about the difference between suspense and surprise. Like sus- supre- suspense is when the audience feels like something's going to happen at any minute, and so they're on edge for that thing, wondering how it's going to you know, play out. Surprise is they don't see it coming, then wham, you know, the guy gets you know, hit by a bus. Um, and what he said is, is in designing his films, he'll often use surprise really early. 
like in the first three minutes, something crazy will happen in the movie because it sets everybody on edge for the rest of the movie. You don't have to do much else because they're like, oh man, something, something big is going to happen next. Like yeah. they're looking, is this the time when? Like the first time you watch Psycho, you know there's that shower scene. You're you're in the middle of like someone driving a car and you're like, I wonder if they're going to get killed in the shower right now, even though they're in a car. Like your, your brain is like, oh, but it's going to happen because I saw something and I hear that, that music. Like ways to play that in your classroom where you can kind of come in with a joke and like hit it on the ground running so you're not doing the death by PowerPoint, the same lecture notes, the sign of return on the first days. It's like, no, this is cool. This is different. And it's going to be different every day and you got to expect the unexpected. And that wins you so much like momentum with, with your, with your kids, with your classes early, um, yeah. to be able to then cash in against that, uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah. And you didn't mention sort of the, like the PowerPoint death by PowerPoint, sort of the, the, the consistency things. I hope everybody recognizes like John and I have plenty of consistency within our classes. It's that we are willing to get creative with those consistencies so that there's at least an appearance of inconsistent consistencies, right? So my students know that they're going to have notes required for different sections, you know, and, I, and I'm going to check those notes and all, all that consistency stuff. And beginning half of the year, we like do a lot of that together. And there's a lot of like, ugh, slow onboarding of that. Very schooly, blah, blah, blah. Very consistent. But I think of these little ways, these little jolts to make that consistency a little more fun, a little more dynamic. And as you were saying about cashing in against that, what I, I just got to give everyone like uh, hopefully the motivation to try this in their class because kids are so forgiving. If they see you do that, you don't even need to do it every day. I'm not saying I make my note taking different every day to make it fun every day. They just know that it might happen maybe once a week. Maybe once every two weeks. They don't know, but it's like kind of like you said about the movie, they're on edge the whole time then hoping for that moment. And and they're very forgiving that like there are days of no magical moment. <laughs> right. But like they know that it's there. They know that it is coming. That, that they know, And they're willing to be patient, I guess. I, I think what what you said too and, and is that the game, the game layer of a class, if you are in a gamified classroom, is, is really another layer that exists as a meta layer that you have the ability to dial up that volume on or dial it down as necessary. Um, that you don't have to always be the Wizard of Oz every day. You know, you don't always, you don't always have to be doing these, these Willy Wonka type crazies. Like, it's just a thing you have as a, as a arrow in your quiver that you can pull from. You're like, you know what we can do today? Uh, today there's a, there's a team challenge. We're gonna mix up your guilds. We're gonna mix up your squads. Um, and that is a thing that you had that because you have a pattern, you can break that pattern, and the breaking of that pattern becomes a moment like cycle. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my first mentor teacher told me the the more systems uh, you have in place, the smoother your class year will run. And I completely and wholeheartedly agree with that because simple things like how you pass out papers and how you uh, you know raise your hand to use the restroom. If you want to steal that one, by the way, I always make them raise their cell phone, which is great because then they leave their cell phone behind as their badge and they come back that much faster because they're not playing on their phone in the classroom uh, or in the bathroom. Um, but Little things like setting those things up early, they're super schooly, they're not particularly fun or exciting, but the sooner we get that in the pattern, now today we have a plot twist. Instead of raising your cell phone to use the restroom, guys, you have to stand up and cluck like a chicken. What? Just to see what happens. You know, like, <laughs> nobody yeah. can use the restroom that day because one kid had to stand up and cluck like a chicken. And like, okay, I think those, those little things that you get through those dry areas and those things that will cause teacher burnout, that you've built in those escape valves to yourself to be like, dude, it's, it's only life. We don't have to take it so darn seriously. There's, there's moments in there where we can really kind of hit those little, like those, those booster rockets, 
um, to move us through because it's a long year. And you have to remember that it is not just a like every day has to be like bigger and better and stronger. Um, but it is that, that, that long game too. Yeah. My, my fun jolt. So again, sixth grade world history, we do some read alouds in terms of like from sort of texts that we're reading and that can get pretty boring, you know? Um, and especially like, you know, like you're saying, it's a year of this, right? So like you got to spice it up. And so every year I've added this, like just once in a while, sprinkle it in where we do sort of, I call on some kids to read, but I, I make it a little silly. Like I'll call on like two, three kids and they have to read every other word. And then like, <laughs> we'll see if like their cadence can actually like be good. And then like three other kids will say like, can we try? Cause I think we can be smoother than them. Oh, right? That's great. You know, and it's like, no, I do not do that every day. And no, right. this probably hurts retention because more kids are paying attention to the silliness of that. The game version of it then, yeah. But like, it is one day, one reading. I'll give that up for that moment. My favorite one I did was the challenge that they had to read a paragraph in a crescendo. So they start super soft. And they have to like... <laughs> They have to pace it because I said, if you do this wrong, you're going to have right. like three sentences left and you're at the highest volume you got. Like, what are you going to do? Like, it's got to be the entire thing. has got to be a crescendo. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they, my wife's a music, music teacher, so I have to steal that. I, I just have to find a way to make that in my classroom. <laughs> it is It is fun. It is silly. It, kids love it. I don't know. That's a fun one to take. Um, uh, I, I, there's, there's so many. And like the thing is that you talk about magical moments, right? There's those little things that you have to remember, like, and I, I try to challenge myself to that every day. Like, remember that this is their, and you said it, this is a one and only time in sixth grade world history. It's their one and only time in 11th grade American literature. Like, you want to make sure that there's something about this class that they're going to remember. And it's not just that you're a goon bouncing off the walls telling jokes for the sake of getting dumb laughs. Um, I'm willing to do that. Um, yeah. And I think there's a value in that. But sometimes it's, you know, how can we take this day? And look, we're, we're all in this, and it and it is sort of the slog. It's sort of the, 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 the tough part of it. But like, Let's take 30 seconds. Remember, we're on the same team here. Yep. I want to see you have a great experience. You want to get something out of this that's more than just a grade. Um, I mean, that's, that's like, again, we don't do it for the money. We do it so that we can make those changes happen, those differences. And I, that's, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing pretty much everything you said. <laughs> I, I like it. As always, I enjoy talking to you. I can't believe it, but we are at the end of our time here. Uh, right, man. And so I, I got to end here with a, a reflection time. You ready? Let's do it. Uh, this quote again goes out to the mighty internet. No uh, uh, anonymous author there. But uh, all right, here you go. You never know who needs you. Good energy is contagious. You know, spin me a rhyme on that one. All right. What I say um, to my students frequently is that enthusiasm is infectious. Um, which really seems to cut from the same cloth as this. Like, you know, you, you hear you and me talk, and I hope, hope people, like, if you can get past the fact that I'm super geeky about this stuff, I'm like, you're <laughs> totally too. on board, you put too much time in for it, right? You know, like, like I hope you can hear in the, the sound of my voice, like, I'm all in, I'm all in. Um, I have a friend who says that they were not sold on Dwayne The Rock Johnson until they saw him on an interview. And they're like, whatever he's doing, he's all in for it. He's playing a cartoon character, if he's playing an animated this, that, like, you can't help but feel that energy and feed off that energy. And um, if you're not excited about what you're what you're pitching and what you're selling, like it's really hard for them to to feed off of any energy that you're not giving. Um, so to be able to capture that and like to do what it takes to get yourself energized, um, so that you can be authentic, be your true self, and like laugh about this stuff, have fun with it. 
um, that helps sustain me through. It's a hard job, and you have to be able to to let kids know that you really are there for them because you don't know what they're going. Through. Yeah, for me, I could echo a lot of the same themes, but to sort of give a slightly different answer, uh, I just think it's important for us that that first piece. You never know who needs you. Like, so taking taking some of the things we've discussed today, taking those jolt moments, uh, that little thing that you infuse that that flashlights flashlight reading that you know crescendo paragraph just that little 30 second moment that little jolt moment could be the thing that makes that kid go home and say to you know today was an awesome day could make that kid go home and say i'm willing to come to school the next day like you you don't know could you know this conversation could make the jolt moment for somebody listening to this and like we just have to be mindful that like you don't know what's going to be somebody else's jolt moment. And that then can create just so many other jolt moments, so many other great things. So, you know, it is contagious. So I know the habits of life are easier. Like life's hard. So creating habits and systems make life easier. And I get why we do that. But I think we need to be mindful of the fact that like, adding in those jolt moments for ourselves, for our students, is all it, that that is the spice of life that's like that breaks those moments out of the habit is really the thing that the students i think are going to remember be an intentional man like you know it's nothing here is just going through the motions it's like i thought of you today and i want you to know that i remember that you were here and that this is not done accidentally like we're all here with an eye towards the fact that we are all here you know yep. it's a big it's a big thing well again well, thank you john for being here is Always a pleasure talking to you. You know that you're going to be uh, on once again. Uh, and everybody listening, again, it is just a super big honor. Every week, the well-played audience gets bigger and more people sharing it, tweeting it, uh, some iTunes reviews, whatnot. And I just appreciate all of you guys taking time to be part of this community and make this community better. Uh, and then, as always, check out XPLAP, the... The Twitter chat on Tuesday nights at 9 Central Standard Time. It's a fabulous community filled with wonderful people. Check out MrMatera.com. Uh, and I'd love for you to sign up for the Hive Summit. There's just some awesome things going to be presented there. It's going to be stellar. So join. But as always, have a good week and play on, guys. <laughs>